Samantha Lewis, and I'm so excited to introduce Jay Heiser and Barry Render, authors of Pearson's market-leading operations management title. Today on this podcast, they'll be speaking about blockchain. Thank you, Samantha. This is Barry Render. I'm here with my co-author and good friend, Jay Heiser, and we're going to be talking about a topic that we introduce in Chapter 11, Supply Chain Management, and that topic is blockchain. Now, we've all certainly heard a lot about blockchain. Uh, this technology has been underpinning Bitcoin and has been around um, since 2008. But it's also viewed by companies, at least some companies, as a way to drive industry transforming projects such as tracking assets through complex supply chains. So let me start off by saying, Jay, how would you define blockchain? Well, Barry, as you noted, blockchains are an outgrowth of the cryptocurrencies. They were designed to provide secure and transparent transactions for financial transactions around the world. Blockchains allow, actually require, a block of information to be added with each transaction. It provides a ledger, if you will, of what's going on with the transaction. The block, the blocks are timestamped and added to the chain with each transaction. The result is a transparent record of all the transactions in the network. How would you uh, say this differs from the traditional databases that most firms use to manage their uh, supply chains? Well, Barry, the difference is that many firms have their, their computers internal to the firm, of course. In the, in the case of cryptocurrencies, the blocks were changed or maintained by a network of computers and nodes that were spread across the world. All right? As a system, <clears throat> it was designed for it to be almost impossible for any one entity to manipulate the data in the blockchain, thereby making it more secure and trustworthy. This means there was consensus that the data was correct. In order to add new blocks to the chain, nodes in the network must agree in the transactions in the block, agree that the transactions in the block are valid. The inability to change data is critical. So blockchain allows participants, I'll call them trusted participants, to share information as goods move through the supply chain. The idea is threefold. Number one, to reduce the cost of administering shipping ship goods. Number two, to cut down on paperwork. And three, to speed the flow of goods by letting companies transmit information quickly and reliably. Um, software giants, uh, you, you've heard these names, SAP, IBM, Oracle, and even Amazon now, are working on automated blockchain for supply chain tracking systems that they believe will ensure the authenticity, and I'll use that word authenticity, of goods such as foods and drugs. The pharmaceutical industry in particular has been under scrutiny to make sure it can trace from origin to consumer the drugs it makes and sells. This has led for calls for the entire pharma industry to adopt blockchain with tamper-proof ledgers to track the manufacturing and shipping of goods. Now, the tracking and tamper-proof feature cannot be underestimated. You may recall that the history of shipping, international shipping, theft and pilferage were a significant issue. However, as we suggest in Chapter 12, this is reduced with the introduction of containers. We now often have sealed containers with all sorts of sensors, but there's much more to be done. One is transaction efficiency. With something between one and two billion invoices currently processed by hand, the accuracy and speed of blockchain is significant and would be a welcome improvement. 
Secondly, sealed containers and sensor, sensors do not provide traceability. As an example, let me tell you about some efforts being made by some heavy hitters in the food industry. Gerber and Nestle's and Unilever and Walmart and IBM are working with the other large food companies on blockchain system called Food Trust to trace food ingredients worldwide. The theory is that having partners and headers buy into a shared single record will keep the system <clears throat> will keep the system accurate and speed up investigations of issues in the food chain. They should make investigations and recalls more accurate and ultimately less expensive. Food Trust has even developed, if you will, a mobile app that lets farmers and others in the food chain enter data into the system. This means that data about harvest, processing, packaging, and shipping will be stored electronically, allowing tracebacks in seconds compared with days or weeks. And that's important because you may recall a few years ago, um, there was a, an outbreak of listeria poisoning at a fast food chain in their salad bar from lettuce uh, that had uh, become um, contaminated. And it took a long time to track down the exact source, whether it was the uh, distributor or the packager or the farm that had done the uh, that had done the contamination. If Food Trust had been in place, they would have been able to know the exact source immediately. So that's important. Uh, but despite its potential, blockchain has had some shortcomings. While the blockchains are secure and transparent, they're not really private. Uh, for example, the transactions stored in the blockchain are public to those people who are uh, a part of the system and can be seen by anyone who's one of those trusted participants. That makes it difficult for an individual or company to protect their personal and financial information. In addition, it's been kind of slow going because of the complexity of the technology, the time to get blockchain into operation, and the difficulty in enlisting trusted participants. Yeah, yes, <clears throat> no one said this was going to be easy. In spite of some progress, the latest effort to run aground was the international shipping company Maersk, which had hoped to track shipments via blockchain. However, with the new variety of sensors and tamper-proof seals on containers, Maersk has for the moment opted out from transition to blockchains. It had hoped it would <clears throat> be a game changer cutting down on invoicing paperwork. But improved invo invoicing accuracy and speeding up speeding up clearing customs as well is not going to happen. The, there were too many constraints in from companies, port authorities, and customers, customs officials, and the, the system never fell into place. Another big effort, if you may recall, was Walmart's attempt to track groceries, and this is continuing. In 2018. They partnered up with IBM with uh, basically leafy greens like lettuces, tracking them through the blockchain. But the thing is, in four more years, they only added one more product that was green bell peppers. Now, Walmart says it took time to get buy-in from suppliers who found the process daunting. Uh, many, especially the smaller ones, didn't have digital record-keeping systems, and they had to make large upfront investments. And I remember some of those firms were not happy. They were getting squeezed by Walmart to invest in this technology uh, when they felt they really couldn't afford to do so. Well, Barry, to wrap it up, the initial interest in large-scale enterprise blockchains was significant. 
but many other tracing techniques, such as barcodes, sensors, anti-theft devices, and even video surveillance are now being used. And when you add the tremendous cost of revising both legacy software and changing related business processes, you can see why the advancement of blockchain has been slow. But blockchain has applications beyond the supply chain, particularly in financial documents and contracts. So I suspect we will get there. It's taking longer than expected, but we're going to find progress over the next few years, I suspect, in all these areas. It promises to be an interesting journey. Barry, it's been a good chat with this afternoon about blockchains, and I hope our listeners will be tuned in next time. Thanks, Jay. Look forward to our next discussion. Have a good day.